guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. And gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 154 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric. It's hot, but not quite as hot as the rest of the country, Walquist. And joining me this week is my trusty other host, the hostess with the mostest and the ghostest. Thank you. His name is... I'm Jesse. Uh, winter is coming, Wilson. There you go. It is coming. It is. You know, this is another. This is one thing I was thinking about today. I was watching the news. Apparently, the entire country is on fire right now. Like yeah. everywhere is eight to nine degrees warmer than it should be. And I was like, Oh wait, so are we? But that means that it's like eighty degrees and very nice and sunny now. It was only like seventy-two today. It was only where 72. I am. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a balmy 76. So it was supposed to be 64. <laughs> it's basically room temperature. We are living right now in the temperature that people set their houses to, to be comfortable. <laughs> it's excellent. This is like another great thing about living in Washington, but it rains here all the time, guys. Do not come. I have a fan going right now, actually. I know. I got a fan going, too, dude. I'm trying to <laughs> circulate some once. air. <laughs> when I went to bed, I died. I died and <laughs> was reborn from my ashes like a phoenix. It was so hot. Yeah, well, I feel like Washingtonians have this thing where when they go to sleep, they they sweat. And I think it's a survival instinct. <laughs> I think it's like everybody around the 49th parallel and above needs to do that in order to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just to simulate rainfall and feel comfortable? No, so that you, your body warms up so you can survive the night. Oh, you sweat for warmth. Right, but it doesn't work when it's a when it's a uh, scorching 77 degrees. <laughs> yeah, it's a real barn burner. Real folks. barn burner, folks. Yeah. No, it's great. How's your week, buddy? Uh, busy. Mm-hmm. Busy. Did a homebrew on Thursday. Went and saw my sister before she left on Friday. Yeah. Went camping Saturday, Sunday. And uh started reading Game of Thrones. Ooh. And I am, uh, call me, go ahead and call me Fish On, because I am hooked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And Good. I should clarify, I'm reading Song of Fire and Ice Book 1, A Game of Thrones. Great. The, the only game that matters. Yeah, apparently. That line hasn't come up yet. <laughs> That's so funny that, like, so the, for the listeners, uh, they... Fantasy Flight made this card game, the Game of Thrones card game, long before the TV show was conceived or came out. Yeah, and this was circa 2009. Yeah, way before. So we saw this game at PAX, and the tagline was the only game that matters. And for some reason, that like stuck with us. And then like this whole thing happened where the TV show happened, and now it's the biggest thing ever. <laughs> well, <But> like- <laughs> I can tell you what that reason is that it stuck with us. Why? Because that was the year you bought Arkham Horror, mm-hmm. and it came in a giant Fantasy Flight bag. Yes, that's true. And half of the facade of the bag, which was <laughs> finely printed in many inks, said, 
Game of Thrones, the only game that matters, and we right. were mocking it the entire time, not knowing, <laughs> absolutely ignorant to the cultural phenomenon that it was going to become. Right. Well, yeah, good times. I I like it, man. Tasha's read. Tasha's like on book five. Uh huh. And they're like eight hundred page books. Wow. I, I'm like two hundred twenty pages in. And I feel like I've barely started. Yeah, Lydia's friend Sarah, who actually guest hosted on the show, like circa episode eighty nine ish. Right, She's actually read all the books. Cool. And I, find, yeah. I think anybody who does that needs to get some kind of like chocolate medal or something because that's <laughs> a lot of words. Well, it's not. It's not even done yet. He's writing the next book currently. Yeah. He's, uh, let me guess. Everybody dies. Yeah. Well, you know, there's actually not a ton of like main characters dead in the mm-hmm. first two hundred pages. Are there a lot of boobs? Uh, there's a couple of boobs. He's pretty tasteful about it, but there there actually have been a couple of times I put the book down and just been like, ah, oh, sick. It's <laughs> like, oh, gross. I hear that there's a lot of like food porn in it. There is, that- is. He he uh he vividly describes the feasts. Right. Actually, there's like more detail in the feast scenes than the sex scenes. The sex scenes are actually pretty mild. It's mm. not like he unsheathed his unencouraged <laughs> pulsating sword and. Uh, no, that's you know, for that Diane. Kinda, that's for Diane Steele. He's yeah. If you want, it is it is kind of trashy though. I mean, it's like oh. if uh, the way I I describe it, I don't know. This doesn't convey the level of trash. I, it's very visceral. There's a lot yeah. of like, uh, very human things. Mm. But um, it's kind of like if War and Peace and Lord of the Rings had a bastard baby that grew up in the 20th century, 21st well, century, and you love War and Peace. I know. I'm not even saying I, that facetiously. Like that is one of your favorite books. Am I not correct? That is actually my favorite book. Wow. And I'm starting to think I actually haven't read like a fiction except for a couple short stories since mm-hmm. War and Peace. I'm starting to think it's either like epic sagas or nothing with me. <laughs> I really want to name someone War and Peace. Yeah, War and Peace would be a great name for Chief- like a third base, third base coach, <laughs> or like a Chief Justice. <laughs> Chief Justice War and Peace residing. <laughs> All rise. Yeah. The well, Warden Court too. <laughs> my week has been a little rough. Like I have I'm starting to get disillusioned. And I don't know if it's because I'm Uh-oh. approaching thirty and like I'm just starting <laughs> You're to like, ways off. I'm turning I'll be twenty eight years old in six weeks. Twenty eight. That's near thirty. That's late twenties now, officially. That's still I mean uh, that's still one fifteenth of your life between you and thirty. Yeah, I guess. I, I just, I, I, I'm starting to get the disillusioned adulthood. I think. Yeah. And like a couple like of these, it, like, in what way? Well, you got and the NSA situation, which you're just like, what do you expect? Like, this is all this shit. Like Edward Snowden and, and on all this, like, you know, they're listening to us. It's kind of a joke because, like, I don't have anything to cover up, but at the same time, like, Big Brother is here, right? Right, and then we got robots killing people with the uh-huh. drones, and then, uh, and then like the Trayvon Martin thing. And I don't want to get super political about anything, but like the main thing that bothers me about Trayvon Martin is that like stand your ground is the biggest bullshit thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I, it, yeah. it's like I don't know. Again, yeah, we don't get too political. But to, I feel we, like it's hard to stand your ground when you're like in the middle of the street. Well, that's the thing. It's like, well, <laughs> what's to say Trayvon Martin wasn't standing his ground? He's yeah. he's operating with his most deadly weapon available to him, which are his fists, and his probably skewed seventeen year old intellect. Seventeen year olds usually don't make the best decisions, right? 
Right. I think we can all agree on that. But he's using his deadly force that he has available to him, which is either Skittles, an Arizona iced tea, or his fists. Whereas George Zimmerman, who probably, based on his 911 call, instigated the fight between him and Trayvon, is using his most deadly thing available to him, which is a handgun. It's bring, it's literally bringing your fist to a gunfight. And it's basically, stand your ground is like a duel. It's basically bringing back the duel. All right. And I feel like if you're, we're going to go back to duels, like 1789, then we need to have contractual duels where you sign a contract and say, I'm entering this duel on my own volition. You can't start a fight with somebody, they fight back, and then you kill them, and you're like, well, they fought me. It's like, yeah, because you started fighting with them. <laughs> it blows my mind. And I yeah. mean, of course, there's all the racial overtones and, and all this shit. But really, it's like, stand your ground is like, I don't need to return to Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. All right, I thought we were past that as humanity. This is a disillusionment that's happening to me right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a tough summer. I know, man. And then it's like, but then you get to the point where it's like, is this actually a tough summer, or am I just more aware of how shitty everything is? That's what I'm wondering. Like, is this is this the disillusionment period? And now I'm and now I'm just going to become a cynical old man. I'm on. I think it's a combination of both. I'm ramping down to the cynical old man. You're all riled up because it's a it's a scorching it's, 78 yeah. degrees. I know. You, you don't you don't have any AC. Well, luckily at the end of the summer it's always capped off by the the majesty, the wonder that is PAX, the Penny Arcade Expo. And you and I have media badges. Yeah, very exciting. And so does Aaron and Jim. So guess what guys, we got some we're we're noodling right now about what we're going to bring you for Penny Arcade Expo. I'm so excited about it. Mm-hmm. That'll be more PP talk. I know y'all love that. Yeah. Collectively, Jesse and I now have over two decades of personal or personal of Penny Arcade experience That's at PAX. Crazy. That's insane. Yeah. So we're gonna bring it to you hot. But Jesse, who's this ed- episode dedicated to? Well, uh, I have to do it. I don't think I've done it mm-hmm. since I've gotten married. Have I? De- have I dedicated this to my whiff? No, I don't think so. Not since marriage. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh dedicated it to my wife. Yeah. I I uh like a cunning Lannister, I able I was able to <laughs> trick her into uh marrying me. Yeah. So uh I guess it's a condolence. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that I tricked you into marrying me of all people. You could have done better, but uh we'll make the best of it. Well, Jesse, you continued your bloodline and that's all that matters. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, well, yes, Tasha is excellent. We're very excited to bring her into the Jacob Spiracy family. And we're also excited to go camping with you guys later. So stay tuned for some camping stories with the <laughs> Walkless Wilson clan. Yeah, we should do a camp cast. Oh, God, camp cast. I'm sure my <laughs> wife would be thrilled. Yeah, let's bring all the podcast equipment into the woods. Yeah. Annoy the neighbor, the neighbor <laughs> campsites with their droning. I think we'll be doing that enough. Jesse, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm drinking a special beer, uh, Full Sails Berliner Weiss, mm-hmm. which I've mentioned on the previous podcast. Absolutely. I finally uh, picked one up today. It's nice. It's a nice, tarty, fruity Berliner Weiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clocking in around 4%, which makes it an easy drinker. There you go. Uh, I recommend it highly. Session, baby. I'm uh, drinking the Widmer Brothers Alchemy Ale. This, uh, I think I've had this before, but I am. Widmer Brothers, like we've been talking about sampler packs. Yeah, that was in the sampler pack we had at my bachelor party. Excellent sampler pack from Widmer D- Brothers. That's the best sampler pack I've ever had. I like the Bridgeport one. Um, it is a little hop heavy, but you're not going to get any fruit beers in there. So you're uh, not going to get any in the 
uh, the one you're drinking either. That's true, but you do get a wheat beer, and I'm not a big fan of wheat beers. But I know you love wheat beers. Wheat beers are good. I'm drinking one now. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of beer, let's get to some listener feedback. Uh, Our beer correspondent from Philadelphia has a little something to say, and it goes a little something like this. I bring before the floor today (laughs) Victory Brewing Company's Hop Devil IPA for our uh, induction into the personal arrogance beer hall of fame. This hoppy amber ale possesses a 6.7 alcohol by volume and currently holds the rating of 92 on Beer Advocate with over 4,000 ratings. The brew, which hails from uh, uh, Downingtown, Pennsylvania, (laughs) pairs well with barbecue and is available year-round. (laughs) <laughs> I point out to the senators from Washington that not only is, Vic- is this victory's most popular brew, but it is available at many locations in the, the uh, uh, greater <laughs> Seattle area. And uh, listeners can locate victory's beer through their mobile app. <laughs> hey, Jay. JR from Philly here, guys. Uh, you know, you came shot out of a cannon last week, and I just wanted to hit on one of the things you were talking about jesse with the uh dream jobs so i think you'd really like working for a local chain of brew pubs out here called iron hill so they have 10 locations they each have their own brewmaster, and there's seven or eight flagships that they brew at each location and certain seasonal staples that are always available but there's always a few brews that are unique to each location that's just the local uh, brewmasters just making sweet, sweet jazz music liquidly <laughs> in the form of beer. So if there aren't any chains out in your area like that, you should start one up and apply all of the lessons you've learned from Bar Rescue and from Gordon <laughs> Ramsay shows. So that was one of the things I was thinking about this week. Congratulations on getting married and get off my back. Stay or get later. Later, JR. Get off my back and cheers. Jesse, what do you think about uh, maybe traveling to the land of Will Smith? I don't I've I've heard it's dangerous. Yeah. At least the basketball courts. Well, you know, your mom might get scared, but uh I don't know if it's super dangerous. She might send me to my auntie and uncle in Perth, Australia. <laughs> Well, that's the end of the. That's that's a that's an interesting twist on the whole Fresh Prince saga. Yeah, Fresh, Fresh Prince of Perth, Fresh Perth of Australia. Uh, I've actually had Victory Hop Devil. I actually had a pint glass for Victory Hop Devil. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I've had that. Really good. I don't know if I can induct into the Hall of Fame because I don't have that much experience with it. Yeah, I have tried it, say. but I haven't savored the flavor. Savored um, the flavor. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can give it a test run with mm-hmm. the uh, bald move guys. Yeah, maybe. Come this, oh, uh, we should crown that. Um, yeah, victory makes a great pills too. Oh yeah. man, that pills is so good. Victory stuff is good. Um, and Jesse, what do you think about? I mean, that's kind of what you were talking about, right? Where you can just have like what Full Sail does, where you can just kind of make your own beer and, and experiment a little bit. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, actually, a factoid, I guess. Today, mm-hmm. at, when I was at work, not really factoid, more of an anecdote. At work, um, 
<laughs> Sorry as I self uh edit my mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, going on. Yep. <laughs> um The head brewer uh who's had hop uh back problems in the back past mm-hmm. uh he was a he was offered the head brewer position at big time in Seattle and then like slipped several distances back and was Yee. unable to work and mm-hmm. uh, cost him his job uh, eventually. And uh, at work today, he like bent over to do something and he's like, I just felt my disc slip. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So like basically after that, he was, he, he wasn't in a ton of pain, but it was just like being very careful and stretching right. it out and everything. And I was like staring down the barrel of like, I could actually have to run this fucking brewery for several months. (laughs) It freaked me out. I think I would actually be ready for it. Um, Yeah, dude. If I I had to, I think I could do it, but it's a a daunting thing to run an entire production brewery by yourself. I'm sure it is, but I think that uh, you're grooming yourself to be one important brewer. I'm trying to. And I'm not being facetious there and that's the second time i've used facetious in this podcast which means i get to drink <laughs> all right uh come our on. listeners do as well yes you get to drink as well every time i say facetious drink again uh here we go uh also from germany dennis kleinbeck where you been buddy uh he decided to send us a memo here it is hey jesse hey eric it's dennis from germany but i'm not sending you this from germany because i'm <laughs> actually in sweet sweet italy mm-hmm what a twist. Um, yeah, I'm on vacation. Uh, so, I wanted to con- congratulate to 150 episodes of this fine podcast. Yeah, a little, um, I don't know, hipsterish to do this uh, four episodes after the big 150. But anyway, um, better late than never. So, my question for this week is, when you're about to be eaten by a cannibal, mm-hmm. what sauce should you use and why? Mm-hmm. Have a great week, and I wish you the weather we have here in uh, Italy because it's it's so hot. I'm melting right now. So anyway, bye and get off my back and stay arrogant, guys. Stay arrogant, Dennis. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's anything like here, seventy four degrees. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a sweltering seventy six <laughs> in Italy. I'm not sure. Dennis, say hi to my mom while you're there. She lives Ooh. in she lives in Naples. Nice. Say hi to uh, say ciao. And uh, that's so crazy to me is, like, people in Europe, like, <laughs> like if we really wanted to go to, like, someplace warm, you go to, like, Southern California, you go to Hawaii if you're on the West Coast. If you're on the East Coast, you go to Florida or the Bahamas. In right. Europe, they're like, yeah, let's go to Greece. Yeah, I know. That'd be so sweet. Yeah. Or I'm Italy. So jealous. Also, just the fact that he's, like, going from Germany somewhere right. where Germany <laughs> is, like, my number two European destination. Right. To Italy. Which, uh, from what yeah, Rick exactly. Steves has told me, is great. Italy's way up there on my list, too. Italy so. is pretty pretty chill. Um, so, uh, cannibals eating you, Jesse. What's the sauce, buddy? You know, you might expect me to say Vegemite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might expect me to say ranch because right. of my, my mixed heritage. But, you know, right. I think I might actually be good with some tzatziki. Oh, tzatziki. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I like, I like a good tzatziki. So, are we eating you on pita? Uh, you know, yeah, I, th- I feel like you could still dip in tzatziki. Yeah, tzatziki's uh, a solid I, one. I would be, I would make a great gyro. Gyro? Gyro. <laughs> you say gyro, you say gyro, I say gyro. Uh-huh. Some people say gyro. They're the wrong gyro. ones. Gyro? 
I'm Gordon Ramsay, I am, I am. Shove another gyro down me gullet. Oi! <laughs> and that's your exit for the cast. Uh, see, I, I would think I would go, you know, the, I think the initial thing is tartar sauce because I'm a big tartar fan. Mm. The unfortunate thing is tartar really only tastes good on fish. And that's, it's better suited for Mongolian flesh. <laughs> Why? Because they were the tartars. The tartars. That's where the. That's where the I sauce did not know from. that. Uh huh. Same. And that's uh, their their famous sauce is where we get tartar buildup. You know, because it looks like tartar sauce on our teeth. So every time you get I a cavity or tartar buildup, it's a it's a teeny tiny invasion of the Mongolians. Well, that's an interesting thing too. Is that like I'm tartar? Sure Roger Dotsy appreciated that. Absolutely. I think that <laughs> I think tartar wasn't isn't like a powder like the real tartar. Like most tartar now, you get is just mayonnaise mixed with relish. Yeah. But I think the original is like a tartar powder. Well, I think if you go way back, it's just like a white – some sort of white oh. sauce that the, that the Mongolians used. Well, regardless, unless you more Mongolian barbecue me, uh, tartar sauce is probably not the answer. Okay. What is the answer? I'm going to do a little thing, and I call it uh, BBR. And that's barbecue sauce mixed with ranch sauce. Oh, is that good? See, I, it's real good. I, I'm a fan of – the the DIY mix I do when I'm oh, at yeah. Red Robin to mm-hmm. dip my steak fries in yep. is ketchup and mayo. Ketchup and mayo is great. That's the secret sauce on the Whopper. Ketchup <laughs> and mayo. Really? Yeah. Not uh, secret anymore. Secret sauce on the Big Mac is Thousand Island dressing. But I the right. secret sauce on the Whopper is the is the mayo mixed with the ketchup. I love that combo. It's a great combo. But if you want a little more tang, if you little more want a little more t- Texas twang, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and just mix your barbecue sauce and your ranch. It's basically the same idea, but just with a little more twang. See, yeah. And if you want to go deep south, yep. do the veggie uh, Vegemite ranch combo. So you're talking like Southern Hemisphere? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. All right. But, we got we got two more yeah. voicemails we got to get to. Uh, here's the first one from Josh. Here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? Josh Romain checking in. So uh, on last week's cast, you were talking a little bit about football and your Russell Wilson jersey mm-hmm. and getting me really pumped for fantasy football. Uh, I have the number one pick in my draft, and I get to keep Russell Wilson with my last draft pick. So I get nice. to draft Drew Brees and have Russell Wilson on my team, and that only cost me a 16th-round pick. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to dominate this year. Uh, but anyways, I know you guys are going to do a fantasy football league, uh, so I'm definitely in for that. Uh, whenever you want to let us know how you're going to do it, uh, that'd be great. Uh, I know Yahoo has a free uh, salary cap fantasy football. It's pretty fun to do. I do it with my nephews. Um, anyway, guys, uh, I don't have much to say, but I'm definitely glad you're back, and congratulations, Jesse. Uh, all right, uh, get off my back and stay arrogant. Uh, Josh, a buddy, Eagle. I love you, Josh. Yeah, get off my back, and thank you. Um, fantasy football, yeah, fantasy football is coming up. It's going to be ball move fantasy football. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for early August um, for the details on that. But if you want to play with me, Jesse, I know Aaron's on board. We'll see if G- if Jim can get on. Board. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we should even invite Gino. I don't know if we should or not. He's uh, not. He's not going to be interested. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Jim Jones is on, but Aaron, me, and Jesse will definitely be there. And we're. I'm. I'm guessing we'll go 16 teams. So we need 13 other players. I um, think that will probably fill up 
pretty quickly. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled. We'll be posting that on Facebook sometime in early August, and we'll tease it a little more. My second thing is, Josh, I want you to play because if you're picking Drew Brees with the first pick of the draft. Yeah, that's. And you already have Russell Wilson? That's whack. You that should have picked a running back. Well, you can. I mean, there's different strategies there. I mean, first pick of the draft, how can you not pick Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson, of how course. How can you not pick Adrian Peterson? Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I I have a different strategy, but I don't want to reveal that right now. But keep your, keep your ears peeled for the personal arrogance, bald move, uh, Fantasy Football League. We'll be posting those sign-ups in early August, so so keep your eyes peeled. Here's our final uh, voicemail of the night. Jesse and Eric, hello. Have you ever drank too much at work and then kind of like ruined your whole evening? I feel like I just did that because I had a bunch of beer at work because I work at a liberal um, employer here in Austin, and uh, we have beer on Fridays, and I overconsumed. <laughs> And now I just kind of feel, ugh. So maybe it's time to, like, uh, purge, you know, reboot and uh, get a fresh start. I don't know. Anyway, I was calling because there's been some talk about bronies the last couple times Uh-oh. on the podcast. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you're over, like, 16 and a dude, you should not be watching anything with My Little Pony. Uh, so 15 year olds. not cool. I mean, it's just not manly at all. <laughs> if you need to get life lessons from a cartoon with ponies, there's something wrong with you, man. You need to, like, evaluate your life and stuff. So, anyway, love the podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, but that was Kevin from Austin, Texas. So Kevin wow, called that- us twice, and I picked the best of the two. That was yeah. a gem. Uh, I like how Kevin is saying <laughs> that you need to reevaluate your life after he just got drunk at work. <laughs> it sounds like he's about to heave. <laughs> yes. Kevin, we love you, buddy. We love your we love your voicemails. But dude, uh, that is the end of Brony Talk. I'm putting yeah. a pin in Brony Talk. Brony Talk and uh, baseball. Baseball's still okay a little bit. I'm, no, but... I said no baseball until playoffs. All right, fine. But Brony Talk, that's the pin in Brony Talk. Uh, that that was the final word. So that was <laughs> that was Antonin Scalia writing his opinion and that we don't need anything else. Uh, the main thing here, Kevin, is that if you're going to drink at work, use your boss as the gauge. Just never get more drunk than your boss is. Uh, that's, that's a good policy. Yeah. Uh, I don't always live up to that. I drink at work every day. Well, that's your job, though. I got drunk. I used to work for a life insurance company, and we threw some pretty big parties. And one time I was on a scouting trip with my boss in Las Vegas, and I had to end up babysitting him at 4 a.m. because he was literally sloppy, fall-down drunk. Like a man in his 40s uh, couldn't stand, and I had to get him back to Caesar's Palace. It was like a video game. Um, <laughs> it's one of those annoying uh, escort quests. Right. But the main thing is he also didn't Also ha- one of the names of the escort services he <laughs> called that night. <laughs> but the main thing is is that he did not have to escort me back. Yeah, okay? exactly. Just never get more drunk than your boss. Kevin, thank you for calling. Jesse, we got to move along here. Let's do a little tiny man roll off and get on with the show. Let us. All right. 
was uh, to a little tiny Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. Wait, that doesn't make that. That's not that's not a dice rolling pun. Somebody's really into Game of Thrones, I guess. Yeah, someone named Jesse M. Wilson. All right. I rolled a twelve. Uh, I rolled a twelve as well. Oh, double Lannister roll off. Double roll off. Here we go. They really should have gotten Matt Roloff to play uh, Tyrion Lannister at <laughs> the HBO show. Yeah, he totally would have won the Emmy. Oh, shit. I rolled a three. Rolled a ten, baby. That means I'm going first this week, which means it's time for my review of Pacific Rim. Uh, so I went and saw Pacific Rim this last weekend. I've been waiting for this movie for a while. In fact, we were uh, we were rec- reminded by our good friend Levi Rekin, who wrote in and said he was listening to episode 53 of the podcast. Episode 53. We are in episode 154. I was talking about Pacific Rib on episode 53 <laughs> of this crazy. podcast. Yes. And uh, I was talking about getting married. You were. On um, the same podcast. Uh, yes. Uh, in, a, in a skydive wedding. Um, right. But uh, so Pacific Rim is obviously a movie I've been waiting for for a long time. And I really just didn't want – I didn't want it to be bad at all. Um. <laughs> And guess what? Guillermo del Toro decided to say, hey, guess what, Eric? He took me by the hand. He kissed me on the forehead and he said, I got your back, bro. <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in, a, in a Spanish accent. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. Um, and he did have my back. But first off, I want to – I just want to allude to our good friend Aaron. You know him. You love him. You've, you've been pining for him since uh, – since Mad Men Happy Hour and, and and the Night's Watch went off the air, you're waiting to hear his voice again. But he decided to chime in on on the big movie. Um, so he said uh, – this this was his take. He said, so here's my official review. I saw it in Fomax 3D, and it was gloriously stupid. Oh, burn alert, burn no, notice. It was, a, it was a gloriously stupid movie. And I think he means gloriously in a good way. He yeah. says, probably the first movie since the original Matrix that made me guy giggle uncontrollably. It's too bad about the Charlie Day plotline because the movie was so fucking awesome it beat my brain into submission except for every frame he was in brought into sharp focus just how dumb and nonsensical <laughs> the plot was. Also, I couldn't give two shits about any of the characters in this movie when they're not giant robot suits punching things. Except for Idris Elba, who is a man. I wish he had Chad Coleman. I wish he and Chad Coleman would gay marry and then gay adopt me and raise me as their own. Um, but overall, he gave it a very positive um, reception. Now, Jesse, I need to know one to ten. How bad of spoilers do you want on this film? Um, I wanted to see it. I was uh-huh. hoping to see it this weekend, but right. instead, I'm doing a little hike. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not going to happen. Okay. And I don't see foresee being able to pawn off Baby any time that it's going to be in theater. So I'll say six. Okay, cool. So for our listeners, this is a six on the spoiler scale. And uh, if you want to jump ahead, the time codes are in the description. Um, okay, so this movie was great. I loved it. The movies that reminded me of this film are Jurassic Park. Independence Day, and this may be complete sacrilege, but Star Wars A New Hope. Mm. These are the movies that gave me the same feeling walking out of the theater 
that I had for Pacific Rim. And the reason why that is very relevant is that all three of those movies were movies that I saw before I was 12 years old. So basically, this is a movie that brought me back to why – to the things I got excited about as a kid. When did you see A New Hope in theater? Uh, did it come out – so the – I think it came out in 97 for the 20th anniversary. But I had seen A New Hope before then. Right. Like okay. On tape. Um, but it came out in 97 for when they did the, the special editions. Gotcha. Um, but those those were the three movies that like really got me stoked. Um, and, and this movie gave me the same feel. It basically brought me back to my childhood. So much so that last night, or I guess this was two nights ago, it might have been last night, I decided to rent D2, The Mighty Ducks, on Amazon. Because I was like, I want to get jazzed like the same way I got jazzed when I was a kid. And that movie did not hold up, oh, by the no. way. <laughs> that movie's got some plot holes. And yeah. some pretty overt racism in it. But other than that... <laughs> really? Yeah. But, but Jurassic Park still holds up. Whenever Jurassic Park is on TV, I watch it. Whenever Independence Day is on TV, I still watch it. And, of course, Star Wars. Because um, the main drawbacks in this movie... A lot of people were saying the writing wasn't very good. I don't think the writing is bad. I think that the story is actually really, really good. I think that the dialogue has something... It leaves leaves something wanting there. So I think the dialogue... They could work on the dialogue, and and the acting is not like the best acting. Um, but guess yeah, what? Yeah, because we all went to go see the giant robot versus right. aliens movie yeah. for the dialogue and the acting. That's why I went <laughs> to see that for the great dialogue. But the archetypes and the story are actually really, really compelling. And there's basically three big battle scenes in the movie with the robots versus the dinosaurs. I mean the <laughs> All right, this is this is a spoiler and it's a minor spoiler and it kind of threw me off. Is basically <laughs> the Charlie Day uh who plays a scientist named Newton mind melds with the monster and finds out that the dinosaurs were just scouts coming to Earth to figure out uh whether or not it was habitable for the uh alien race that is uh, sending the giant monsters in. Yeah, it seems good, but there's this uh, giant ball of fire. Uh, not, not sure exactly. Oh, God! <laughs> and transmission. Yeah, but, it seems good. Let's but, invade. But I thought... Let's, it was... uh, a couple million years. Yeah, let's do it. I know exactly. Let's go like 65 mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys um, want to do uh, like a basket robbers run first? That's gonna take. That's gonna take a while. Well, they uh, do say in the movie that they found the atmosphere inhospitable, but that we basically terraformed it for them by inter- by increasing the CO two on the planet. So it does have an, a minor environmental message as well. Uh, save the planet. Oh, so that's that, so stupid. It's a one liner. It's a throwaway it's line. Really. It's a one-liner. It's a throwaway line. So if you don't Ugh. like it, just leave it. There's plenty of dialogue in this movie that you can leave it. Okay? Because the monster fights are amazing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. They are um, – and, like, I don't know how to, how, to, how to do it justice here because we've seen these fights. We saw Cloverfield. We saw Transformers. But the way that Guillermo del Toro has constructed these scenes – 
It is so fucking personal and surprising and fun and awesome. It really captures the type of fight that you get in like a D&D campaign where you're like, oh, wait, I should do this right now. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 that kind of mentality going into these giant robot fights. Mm. Um and really, I mean, I, I can't do it justice by saying it because it's been so muddled down by these giant movies. Even Superman, uh, you know, Man of Steel, like, totally muddled it as well. We've gotten to the point where giant CGI battles have become boring. Uh, and for some reason, I don't know how he did it. I can't p- put my finger on it. But Guillermo del Toro made these giant CGI battles really, really compelling, really fun, really surprising, really engaging, and really cool. Um, and then wrapped a really interesting story around it. I mean, there's there's a psychological drama that's going on with each of these characters. You literally see a guy talk to his adopted daughter that he raised from birth right before he goes on a suicide mission that is sure death because simply going on this mission will cause him to die. Like mm. there's strong, strong character work that's that's happening here. It gets a little muddled down, like I said, in the dialogue and in the acting, but but the character work itself is fine. And I think I could say the same thing for Star Wars. I, I think that we can all agree that Mark Hamill is not like the greatest actor on the planet, but they put him in great situations, <laughs> and uh, they build. And you know, George Lucas was able to build this world around him. I mean, for crying out loud, Han, uh, uh, Harrison Ford was a carpenter on the set. Right. I mean, they basically pulled him in and said, "Okay, you're playing this guy." So. They didn't really need to focus so much on the on those characters and the dialogue. Kind of leaves something wanting. Um, uh, it, it's pretty pretty weird in Star Wars. <laughs> Most of the actors didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> They're like, "I'm just going to recite all these lines." So uh, that's that's what really reminded me of Star Wars. Is like it's not necessarily the greatest character. It's not necessarily or the greatest acting. It's not necessarily the greatest dialogue. But the character building and the world building is so compelling that it keeps you hooked. For these amazing battle scenes. Um, and everything drives up to these battle scenes as well. Like, there's a definite crescendo to this to this movie that, that's really, really engaging. Um, so I loved Pacific Rim. I still want to see it. Um, yeah. When you mentioned that there's a uh, like a tearjerker scene between a, a man and his daughter. I'm not saying it's a, it wasn't a tearjerker scene. It was yeah, just well, a... Yeah, I mean... It's a very... For compl- me... Yeah. In my situation, that's almost a guaranteed cry fest for me. Uh-huh, yeah. So, I don't know. That that's I'm, I'm glad I'm aware of that, just to be prepped for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because uh, in, in in recent history, like, my brain chemistry has been reworked. I, like, I've, I've been reading Game of Thrones and be like, Ned will be talking to his daughter. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, dude. <laughs> so, so that makes sense. Um, but there's also like you know there's there's strong psychological drama with happening within everybody in this movie, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it, is Charlie uh, Day the guy with the annoying voice? So yeah, so Charlie Day's the guy from Sunny. Uh, it's always Sunny with Phil. I don't know. If it's I can always handle- Sunny. I Inside. always hated that guy. The thing is, like Aaron did not like his storyline. I loved his storyline. He's supposed to be a scientist. He is a scientist. So basically, he is the um, zoologist. So he's studying the biology of these giant monsters. He's very curious about them because of their biology. And then there's this other guy who's basically like the physicist, and he's the egghead. Um, 
and he's he's trying to understand it from a theoretical standpoint about how they're shifting dimensions to come to our world. Um, but Charlie Day's storyline is cool, and it, it's also the storyline that involves Ron Perlman um, and like black market. Uh, there's like a, there's like an underground black market that that's uh, that's that sprung up around these giant monster attacks and all this stuff. It's I found it really fun and really in in the middle of the movie where it kind of lulls is between the battle sequences when you had the guys who were training for the big monster fight and you had Charlie Day off on the side quest uh, entering infiltrating the black market. Um, in order to to basically find what he needs from a biological standpoint to understand these monsters, those two paths. I was waiting for the Charlie Day stuff. I was I was kind of done with the military training for this fight type of thing. So I thought it was a good diversion. You know, that's your Dogberry. That's your uh, that's your uh, div- that's your little comic relief storyline that keeps you engaged in the story until the next battle scene. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, I want to give this movie. 10 out of 10. It's easily my favorite movie of the year. Um, uh, there's there's definitely some some shortfalls in it, but where it lands is on its story and on its – there's a lot of uh, logical things that uh, that make sense in this movie as well. Um, so just overall, I loved it. Great story. Great storytelling, great visual storytelling, and I trust Guillermo del Toro a lot. Unfortunately, he only made like $37 million this opening weekend. Um, it's a $180 million movie. So I don't know if Guillermo del Toro is going to get another shot at a movie like this for a while. But uh, but God damn it, it was good. I loved it. Um, so you should see it, dude. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I can uh, get the baby break required. Maybe yeah. when it comes to the drive-in. The the th- the other thing about it is we go in the theater and like these dudes sit behind us and like these guys are the mystery science theater three thousand wannabes okay oh, no. they're sitting behind us first of all the guy behind me like I have a loud voice this guy sounded like he was talking through a fucking megaphone the entire time <laughs> like yelling at people and they came in a group of, like twenty people so he's yelling at people all around the theater. And he was bragging about how, like, when he went and saw Django Unchained, he said that there were some uber nerds sitting in front of him. I was like, dude, there's no way that there's a nerd who's bigger than you. Huh. Um, but he said there were some uber nerds in front of him who told him, who kind of shushed him, said, sh- he actually turned around and said, shut the hell up. He was telling this story. And then he said, when you're, you're going to have a bad time. That's what he told him. Because wow. his whole thing was talking throughout the entire movie and trying to make it funny. And then they were, like, talking amongst themselves and saying... Yeah, and then later on, that guy, the Uber nerd, was saying, you know, he's trying not to laugh at our jokes. I'm like, dude, if you fucking screw this movie up for me, I've been waiting for this thing for two years. Do not fuck this up. This guy's sitting right behind me. They talk through the trailers. There's this there's this movie coming out with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Denzel Washington. I think it's called Two Guns. And right after the trailer ends, the guy goes, "Oh, I I, I was wondering what the prequel to Army of Two would be." He literally sh- sh- like yells this to the entire theater, trying to get a laugh, and it's like dead silence. It's like, dude, if you're gonna reference a very obscure video game <laughs> franchise that nobody likes, uh, and you think that like this is the room to do it, I don't want to hear anything else from you. Like I was. I was ready to move. Yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> I was ready to move. I was ready to move. That's very Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was ready, ready. to passive aggressively huff my way out of there. 
Reading uh, Game of Thrones is making me want to be a little more just uh, yeah. eloquently vocal with my opinions. Well, I was I was ready to tell those guys to shut up. But once the movie started, they were completely silent. This is like the queller of the Uber nerds. Well, maybe because like, he just bombed the entire time and no one laughed. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Those guys were rough, though. But they, they were in line during the movie, so... I loved it, dude. I really love this movie, and I want to see it again in theater. Um, it's it's great. I really loved it. Watch Pacific Rim. Do it right now. Jesse, what's your first topic? So uh, USA Today is reporting on exactly what life was like for the jurors of the aforementioned Zimmerman trial. Okay. And uh, it's, it's not exactly what I expected. So uh, the, the Zimmerman trial took 22 days. Okay. And, of course, you know, their jurors on a high-profile case are going to be sequestered. Right. As you would be on any case, no matter what the profile. And uh, the price tag came out for the, the cost of sequestration. Right. So they, that means they, like, you escorted to a hotel. And right. You, yeah. And, uh, the whole deal. you know, get all your food paid for. You get a – when I was in – uh. <clears throat> Basically, civics class in high school. They told us that you got twenty dollars a day. I thought it was ten. <laughs> Still not much. Yeah, really not much. Right. Um, so you know they're talking about total costs, including you know lodging and food and stuff. Uh huh. So do you want to take a, a stab at what it would cost to uh, keep six people sequestered for twenty two days? And this is in Florida. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine I'm thinking like one hundred and fifty bucks a night, which would be what, three hundred three thirty three hundred dollars a person. You got seven people. Six. Six people. But I think you have an alternate. Right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that works in case someone yeah. tears an Achilles. <laughs> uh so whatever, that's like thirty grand. Uh I'm gonna go with forty five thousand dollars. Well, you were actually close bef- there for a second. It's okay. thirty-three thousand. Thirty-three thousand. All right. Which comes to about two hundred fifty dollars per person per day, which isn't uh-huh. that bad. Yeah, I mean, if you're staying in a hotel, if you're going to go on yeah. vacation for twenty-one, for twenty-two days, it's probably going to cost you about two hundred fifty bucks a day. Yeah, I also I don't understand why. I mean, I guess it would suck for the hotel, but I feel like there should be like some sort of eminent domain where they can just. The government can just put people yeah. up in the hotel yeah. for free, although I'm sure they get a huge discount. So um, this government? came out and <laughs> – Government discount. <laughs> yeah. Obama's got like a, a little card. He can swipe <laughs> yeah. it anywhere. Government I'm discount. sorry, sir. Uh, this is for Marriott and you're in a Best Western, so we're not going to be able to take this. <laughs> I don't want to see the Best Western presidential suites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the president of the North American Humane Society stayed there. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're describing it and say, jurors watch television and movies, exercise at the hotel fitness center, and spent weekends being visited by family and friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, which all seems fine. Also, right. like, being sequestered would be awful. I don't know yeah. if I would ev- – I mean – $250, it's not like you're getting $250 in your bank account every day, you know? No, no. It's basically like working. Like I said, like on the aforementioned, my, my aforementioned previous career, 
at the insurance company, I would go to like Vegas and they would put me up in a hotel and pay for all my meals. But I was fucking working the whole time. It was never like a lot of fun, <laughs> you know? So um, here, most breakfast and dinner meals were provided by the hotel, which sucks. Hotel food is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, jurors dined out twice at Outback Steakhouse. Oh, and- yeah. Uh, Sanford and Amigos in Altamonte Springs. Ah, the, uh, the famous Sanford and Amigos <laughs> in Altamonte. I've got the t-shirt. Yeah. Dinner was also brought in from Giovanni's in Lake Mary. Lunches typically took place at the courthouse with uh-huh. lunch brought in from area restaurants. The group went out for lunch twice, both times to senior tequilas in Winter Springs. So when do they get to decide? Like who decides that they get to go out for lunch? Well, uh, they all go into a room, and <laughs> when all six people can agree on which place to go to lunch, they go to lunch there. This sounds like my softball team. <laughs> it's like every time we finish a softball game, they're like, all right, where are we going to go drink? And, and it's like a fucking 20-minute conversation of everybody bringing up restaurants and then nobody making a decision. Uh, it should be um, – We'll go to the closest place right. to make the decision. <laughs> I love it. We go there. Let's do first, it over drinks, yeah. and then we make a decision on where we go from there. Exactly. That's a good idea, man. Dip, dip, you say I'm the diplomatic one. <laughs> I'm just the one who won't spend twenty minutes talking about where to get drinks. <laughs> it's all the same piss water, dog. Anyway, um, they also went to uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Oh, for a little R&R. Yeah, because on the weekends, you're still sequestered, but there's no court. <laughs> Which would suck. No wonder they they uh, they went the way they did. They're like, believe it or not, he's innocent. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. That is yeah. ridiculous. So we paid for that? Well, we didn't. I... Well, citizens I don't know. of Florida, Florida did, but still, it's only two hundred fifty dollars per person per day. And honestly, I think a day of my life is worth yeah. more than two hundred fifty dollars. Absolutely, so. dude. Especially you got to be away from work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have have to be away from work. Bummer. <laughs> I don't know. How would you feel about serving on a high profile jury? I don't know. Have I've never done jury duty. I've never done it. Like a bunch of my coworkers have done it now. Yeah, and so, you and I are some of the most civically active people yeah. that I know. I I don't know, dude. Like, first of all, I'm I'm really a like judge not lest thou be judged type of guy. Uh-huh. Um, I don't need to like hear about some gruesome criminal case either. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the type of guy who like my my wife works in a hospital and she's. She's very great about it because every time she comes home, she goes, do you want to hear something gross? And I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> I probably – I could leave the gross stuff away. I don't need to hear anything gruesome or anything to make me more disillusioned yeah. than I'm already becoming. I so, get that from my mother-in-law. Yeah. She's like a multi-decade ER nurse veteran. She's got yeah. some stories. So I I just don't know if I would enjoy it that much because really I don't like passing judgment on people. It's like I feel Unless like bronies. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. Like look at my brony thing. Like I can't even make a decision mm-hmm. on that. Innocent until proven brony in my <laughs> eyes. That's what I that's what I say just to get out of jury duty. Yeah. I, I mean like I said, I have plenty of qualms with the 
I, and I think I would do what I could to get out of it. And they, that that would probably mean that the prosecution or the defense would really want me on the case. Yeah, exactly. You're like the perfect candidate for one side. Um, like one of my coworkers has done jury dirty, dirty duty yep. twice, and I'm jealous. I want to do jury duty. I don't know if I want to do a 22 day full sequestration on they like can- a national high profile thing, but I actually kind of do. I would love it. <laughs> I would love every second of it. Well, living in Port Townsend is probably not a big uh, risk there. Well, yeah, that's true. But apparently, people here get called on jury duty fairly often. That's what yeah. anyway. That's what I've heard around town. It's like if your oh, yeah, if your license is in Port Townsend, you're going to get called for jury duty like a couple times a year. But for me, it's only ever I've only been called once. I was like 18. I was all soaked on it, and it's like every morning it's like <laughs> call up and uh, we'll lift off a bunch of numbers, and you're number 22. And if we say 22, come in, then you have to come in. If not, then I'll hold off and call again <laughs> tomorrow. It was like that all week. I called every day, and I never got called in. I was bummed. Yeah, I uh, I got called to jury duty once, but it was when I was I had just moved back from San Diego. And I had a California address because I was using my uncle's address to try to get in-state residency, which didn't work out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I got called by the Los Angeles County <laughs> criminal justice system. And they were – and uh, and they were uh, – I just said – I was like, I don't live there anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, that could have been a high-profile case, I feel like. Because Los Angeles, I feel like you're going to get more high-profile stuff than, like, Well, Port you're going to get more stuff in general. Right. So, uh Anyway, that was the only time I was called to jury duty, and I, and I got out of it as well. I, f- I feel like if I was on the jury and went 22 days, I'd be like, all right, guys, let's go to Outback. Yeah. Let's make the most of it. I'd drink a bunch of Cooper's Green. I would, <laughs> I would call room service every night. <laughs> well, Outback is a good deal because Outback will literally give you whatever you want. Like if you order a hot dog from Outback, they will go to the grocery store and get you a hot dog. What? Do you know that? No. Yeah. Hot dog is literal. I mean, hot dog. Hot dog steakhouse. Outback <laughs> Steakhouse is literally, they are, that's their motto, right? It's like good times done right or whatever. You can uh-huh. order whatever you want there and they will go out and get it for you. How much does that cost? Well, I'm sure it costs a premium, but. Can I get a kangaroo steak? I don't know. It depends. They probably have like a, a rare meat guy that they call. Yeah. They're like, get the cat. Yeah. They can't tell the difference. Americans. Yeah, like that. I mean, I I just can't. Like, if it's a drug case, like I'd be like, "Fuck you guys." I don't <laughs> know. I I I would have the worst attitude in a courtroom. Yeah, you're I just sullen and sulky the entire time. I would be like, "This is all bullshit." I don't need to hear fucking you know, over fluffed lawyers trying to sell me on an idea. They're basically just glorified salesmen. <sighs> Do I? I don't. I, I can get off my soapbox. You are especially crabby today. I love it. What can I say? I'm a soul. I'm a surly guy now. I love it. Welcome I love to this surly new Eric. Walkwist. Yeah. You Anyways. need to start. You're on track to being like that dad no one wants to fuck with. <laughs> well, I'm already six four. So yeah, that's... I know. You're the type of person who could like swing around in your seat and say something like. Oh, see, I don't, I don't even know. Just be like, young man, you're not as funny as you think you are. And turn back around and it would shut him up. I was like going in my mind of things I would say to that guy. Mm-hmm. You got to keep it. 
You gotta keep it semi-formal, but right. threatening. Well, I see, know. I was try- I was gonna try to make it witty, which wouldn't have worked. Yeah, you don't fight. You don't fight a guy who thinks he's witty. By well, I was gonna try to try. Bits. I was gonna try to undress him because, like, I was gonna try to be like, I know where you're coming from, dude, but it isn't working. Like, I was gonna <laughs> turn around and say, Yes, I've seen riff tracks too, but there's a reason why I pay for it. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, would be pre- good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, or just like, I like what I've you. I like your thing, though. You're, you're no Jim Nelson, right? Exactly. Like you got to be like, I know where you're coming from, dude, but it's not working. Yeah. Uh, I I do like the thing. Maybe I should just start saying "young man." Young now man. That I, now that I'm six weeks away from 28. <laughs> it's still so young. Dude, when we're when we're 48, we're gonna look back and be like, "What the hell? What we the were hell? wee babes." <laughs> And then when we're 60, we'll be like, we thought we had it all figured out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when we're so, 90, we'll be like, what? Yeah, and I'll I'll be dead. I can't hear you. <laughs> My ears don't work. Uh, all right, Jesse, let's do some trivia. Let us. World Domination is the game. Australian perfected. They they, they decided to make a trivia game in Australia, and they, and they just dropped the mic when they were done because it was so good. That's that's a fact. So I'm going to roll six-sided dice. See which continent we will be doing trivia about. It is a two. It's Asia. All right, Jesse. You ready to go to the world's population center? Yes, All I right. am. This question is for you. Where, as Peter Reith knows, are the world's largest dry docks? I'm going to go with Shanghai. Shanghai. Uh, I'm going to go with... Singapore, Dubai, Dubai, the world's largest dry docks. Uh, does that make sense? Too bad you didn't use your lifeline. Call Peter Reith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's for me. Yeah, it does make sense because they have like a lot of deltas. You think someplace with a lot of a lot of deltas, or someplace that's dry? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, this one's for me. Who were in? The garrison at Dien Bien Phu when it fell to Ho Chi Minh. Who were in the garrison? I would say uh, uh, U.S. troops. That's what I was going to say. Who were in the garrison? Um, I guess uh, the Vietnamese parliament. South Vietnamese. The French. French in the garrison. Well, I guess they call it French Indochina for something. That's my favorite variant of Farmer in the Dell is French in the garrison. Uh, Jesse, this question is for you. Which country produces most of Asia's coffee? Most of Asia's coffee? Uh, Sumatra? Uh, Is that a country? I don't think that. I think it's an island. I'm going to go with uh, Indonesia. Indonesia? I got it, Indonesia. Ah. Pretty sure Sumatran and, and Java are in Indonesia. All right. Well, uh, semantics. This question is for me, Jesse. You need the steel to, to tie. Here we go. Which country's shoreline includes Anzac Cove? I'm going to go with uh, Japan. I'm going to go with Turkey. Turkey, you got it. How is Turkey in Asia? Turkey, I think, spans the Dardanelles and uh, 
east of the Dardanelles is considered Asia. Interesting. Well, you that's a tie, Jesse, so good job out there. And that Thank means we're you. gonna move on. Saved it. That means we're gonna move on to our geography tiebreaker. So I got Genus One of Trivial Pursuit handy as well. Um, and whoever is geographically closest to the answer will win this game. Here we go. What South American capital is the world's highest? Uh, Lima. Lima. I'm going to go with Montevideo. Oh. La Paz, Bolivia. Let's go to the map, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know a lot of you uh, love South American geography and already have this spelled out in your head, but uh, but we have to go to the map. Uh, Bolivia is uh, right next to Peru, uh, and I'm going to give it to you, Jesse, with Lima. I believe you win. So congratulations well, this week. Barely scraped by with my dignity this week. Barely scraped by, but you did lose the Matt Roloff, which means it's my topic next. My second topic this week is going to be one, an old callback, and these ones always come to us from friend of the show, Nicholas Reagan Hartman. Interesting words. So I think some of our listeners will remember, um, you know, back when we were talking about spermologists, or as we called them, spermologists, <laughs> spermologers. Um, yeah, well, spermologers are delicious this time of year. We've got some new, some brand new, uh, great words that we want to we want to explore, Jesse. So I just want to run through these. These are from uh, NerdHandy.com, and they actually illustrated all of these rarely spoken words but there are some good ones in here and i think it's always good to expand your vocabulary so here we go the first one is ricum bentibus ricum bentibus okay what that is is a knockout punch either verbal or physical Mm. so he really laid that ricum bentibus on him yeah, that's a uh, that's a heck of a word. It's a heck of a word. Um, the next one, <laughs> the next one is. Uh, let me see if I'm reading this correctly. Acer sicomic. Acer sicomic. Jesse, what do you think acer sicomic means? Um, I guess it would be a uh, stand-up comedian who jibes on the brand of computer. Probably. Technologist, basically Chris uh-huh. Hardwick. Uh, no, yeah, basically Chris Hardwick. An acer synonymic is somebody who there are a lot of these around. A person whose hair has never been cut. Oh, yeah. Jesse, is your daughter like the, an acer uh, synonymic? She's, uh, yeah, she doesn't have much hair, so she, she. We haven't had the need to cut it, so she definitely qualifies. It's an acer synonymic. Most of us are acer synonymics until we aren't. It's basically yeah, like a she, virgin. It's a it's a it's a, it's she's a different not, version of a virgin. She's not cutting her hair until she loses in battle, like a Dothraki warrior. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Every time, every time. Get ready for a lot of Game of Thrones humor, people. By the way, every time Game of Thrones is mentioned, take a drink. Um, mm-hmm. All right, here I'm we a go. Dark beer, if possible. I really like this term. A harmartia, harmartia, it is the character flaw or error of a tragic hero. Mm, was that in, uh, were there any in uh, Pacific Rim? There were harmartias of almost every hero in Pacific Rim. 
One of them was cocky. One of them was dying. One of them was uh, <laughs> the flaw. The yep. flaw of the hero is that he's dying right now. Yeah, he's basically dying. Uh, one of them was was overcoming the death of his brother. The other overcoming the death of her family. Yeah, there are a lot of harmer harmer in that movie. Next one up is Jetatura. Which I really like. It's all roll off your tongue quite eloquently. Yeah, the Jedetura. It is the casting of an evil eye. So basically, Sauron is a Jedetura. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's the personification of it. That's a great name for a uh, an affordable automobile. <laughs> Step into a 2014 Kia Jetura. Uh, Jetatura. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have Pogono Trophy. Pogono Trophy. Which is the act of cultivating or growing and grooming a mustache, beard, sideburns, or other facial hair. I think mm. poganotrophy is a very relevant term in today's day and age. Yeah, lots of uh, facial hair going on these days. I like this one. Austiniferous. I feel like this one kind of sounds like what it is. Austiniferous is... I think what do you think it is? Someone called in from that city. Yeah, Austiniferous. Mm-hmm. Most liberal city in Texas. Oh, that was Austinopolis. Yeah. Uh, it means bring omens or unnatural or supernatural manifestations. I think somebody just basically looked up a bunch of words you could use in Dungeons and & Dragons and put it on this <laughs> list. There was an Austiniferous air in the night. I like this one. This is definitely a bard's trait is – Scripturient, scripturient, which is possessing a violent desire to write. Violent. Yeah. Wow. Uh, up next, we have ultra crepidarian. Ultra crepidarian, a person who gives opinions and advice on matters outside of one's knowledge. I ba- think that's basically our podcast. Oh, yeah. That is that is the, that's what we're renaming the podcast. Yeah, it's ultra. We are ultra crepidurian spermologists. <laughs> Curmudgeonly ultra crepidurian spermologists. Right. Up next, we have Zugzwang, which I really like because it has a Z in the middle of it. Before it was cool. Zugzwang. Z u g z w a n g. Zugzwang. Oh, that that is an advanced character. Uh, creature to defeat in Dungeons and Dragons for sure. For sure. Totally. A Zugswing, which is a position in which any decision or move will result in problems. Uh, that is a word that Ooh. I feel like you could really integrate into your vocabulary. Well, we're in a real Zugswing here. We are. Uh, can, you ex- can you explain to me what that word means? I would, but that would result in a problem. <laughs> and then finally we have Yonderly. Which I think is pretty – people – I think you can derive the meaning of yonderly. It's mentally or emotionally distance, distant or absent-minded yonderly. I like it. Yonderly. That, I mean that's an applicable one. Yeah. And Pers- you wouldn't be you wouldn't be totally outside the realm of communication if you tried to drop that in casual conversation. Yeah, yonderly. That is one yonderly indiv- individual. Yeah, I the like- yonderly look – <laughs> About him, certainly he was in a Zugzwang. <laughs> I love Zugzwang, dude. Zugzwang is my favorite. Yeah, that's a real good one. Although I do really like Ultra Sepidarian. Ultra Crepidarian. <laughs> ultra Crepidarian. An Ultra Crepidarian spermologist 
came to me with a Jejatura, I could spot his Harmataria right away, but I was so I was I was stuck in his Zug's wing. This just sounds like a Mad Lib at an insane <laughs> asylum. <laughs> That's also the new slogan for a pod for a podcast: a Mad Lib at an insane asylum. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, speaking of that, Jesse, what's your second topo? Uh, well, uh, there's some news coming out of jolly old England. Yeah. Uh, Ollie and Sam should like this one. An yep. 18-year-old, uh, 1800-year-old carved stone head of a possible Roman god was unearthed oh. in an ancient rubbish dump <laughs> in uh, <laughs> County Durham. County Durham. Can't trust um, them. But what's real interesting about this is uh, I, I I did a little bit of research, and I think County Durham is in the northeast region of England. Okay. And this region has a name, and it's called Geordie. Are you serious? I'm super serious. There's a, so, how is it spelled? G-E-O-R-D-I-E. Oh, my God. Close enough for me. So what do you enough. describe for the listeners and? I'll give you five words okay. uh, to personify our good, good friend, Jordy. Pure human being with Zag's wings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He, he encounters Zag's wings at every turn, but knows... Like, I always know that if I need advice, Jordy is the person to go to because he knows the right way to go in any situation. Yeah, he's super level-headed. If a road diverges in a yellow wood, Jordy is there to pick the right path. He's like, fuck you, Robert Frost. I got this. (laughs) Yeah, so he's our good friend. and uh, Pure of heart, too. Super pure of heart. So I'm just excited to find out that there's a region in England called Jordy. Me, too. And um, they're digging up uh, rubbish heaps there, uh-huh. ancient rubbish dumps, which yep. is basically anywhere you find an artifact is basically the trash pile mm-hmm. of the ancient world. Yep. And uh, so they found this uh, Roman uh, <coughs> Roman god, and they can't put a name to him, but uh-huh. uh, they're assuming he's a god. Right. And uh, so I did a little bit of... <laughs> Research on Jordy here, and I found this uh, BBC article from 2005 uh-huh. about the Jordy dialect. What? And apparently, the Jordy dialect is uh, like an ancient English accent that's uh, dying out because of the globalization of economy. Essentially, it it, it was sort of like a miners. Uh, town and they uh-huh. had their own dialect and uh it's been dying out since 2005 apparently okay so i'm very excited to think that there's a whole dialect named after our good friend jordy <laughs> apparently this is becoming the word podcast right because they've given us uh some examples of words from the jordy dialect that i want to work in as well uh, as well as zigzwain zagswings Zagswings and uh, Yonderly. God damn it, we're in a Zagwing right now. <laughs> we really are. So uh, here are some Jordy dialect. <laughs> I love it, dude. <laughs> are we best friends? Wavelengths. <laughs> so. Wavelengths. Yeah, it is weird that we brought this up. So uh, Bairn. <laughs> okay. 
Baron is a child. Uh huh. Henny is a woman. I I got myself hitched a good Henny recently. Yep. Uh, Mara is mate. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one. Hacky is dirty. I like it. I hitched myself to a hacky Henny. I did. She's my Mara now, Brian. <laughs> and, uh, You're talking to your child. <laughs> I like how I learned this language literally in like 20 seconds. Uh, I knew exactly what you were saying there. So those are some of the common ones, but uh, now here are some that are dying out. Jordy. Yeah. Thanks, Jordy. Kibble. A large iron bucket in a mine. Uh-huh. So, uh... Pretty easy to come across. Looking for excuses to work that into right. my vernacular. Um, a pit yacker is an abusive term for a pit man. Mm-hmm. But is a pit man, you ask? I have no idea. Pit man. I a know that it's man. like a... Because prof- there are people of the last name Pittman. Like Brad Pittman. Exactly. Brad Pittman. Yeah. Uh, Bradford Pittman. Bradley Bradley Bradford Pittman. Right. And Yade as a horse. <laughs> Yade? Yeah. I like it. And then um I strapped my henny to my Yade and made her my my Mara. <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh, you're a hacky lad you are. Mm-hmm. And that's how uh, you got here, Bird. So <laughs> the other thing <laughs> on this website there's like an in-article ad that popped up, uh-huh. and it's a take our Jordy quiz and test your <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. And it says, recognize any of these words? Big. Barley is sold down the big market. Canny. Something or someone that is full of uh, kindliness and good. So I, I, I would say yeah, Jordy could be uh, you know, described as canny. Exactly. Clarts. Uh, mud or Mud, or can be used as clarting on, meaning messing around. Mm-hmm. Me and my, me and my henny were clarting around. Uh, right. Yeah, she she was as good as a pit yacker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Ferny tickles. I like it. It's freckles. Ferny tickles. I got some Fernie Tickles, I do. If there's ever, like, a ginger softball team, they need to be called the Fernie Tickles. <laughs> we play on rain-out days only. <laughs> we rain in. Yeah, we're, we're raining. We dude. rain in. Uh, Galloway's is a pit pony. Again, there's a lot of pit-related vernacular here. Yep. Glass Alley, high-quality marble for playing games. Oh, I like that. Hiram games? Is home. What are you? What games are you playing on marble? Chess. Definitely not football. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So this is like old board games. Yeah. Or Galooses, men's braces. Wow. Oh, here we go. Pitmatic. Uh-huh. Words unique to northeast coal miners. <laughs> Pitmatic. So it, that's like the name of the dialect. Well. I- I guess that's a it's a word for the words. Ah. It's like oh, their word for slang. We don't say slang; we say pitmatic. Yeah, exactly. Plodge, wade in water. Uh huh. Here's a good one: snotter clot. Oh, I like a it. Handkerchief. Oh, that is perfect. That's perfect. A snotter clot. Actually, you can follow the etymology there. <laughs> it's a, it's I need pretty to, literal. I need something to clot my snot. Pass me a snotter clot. 
I love it. It works okay. really well. Okay, so we're just gonna do this. I clicked on the take the Jordy quiz. Let's do so it, dude. Let's let's do this as right. as a podcast. Yeah. If you were found with hoggers at the coal pit, uh-huh. what would you be doing? A using them to extract the rock at the coal face. Uh-huh. B wearing footless stockings <laughs> or C working with pit ponies affectionately known as hoggers. I think C. Yeah. I think we already went over this, so uh, C, submit. Right. Question two. If you were f- – current score is 0 of 10. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I apparently it was the, the footless stockings, which a they lot of people wear. They were the footless wear. stockings. What? A lot of people wear footless stockings? What is that? How <laughs> do you even wear the footless stockings? They're leg warmers. They're Okay, I guess. Where would you be if you were told that it's hoyanoot time? At the Greyhound track, waiting for your winnings to be paid out? Mm-hmm. At the football, uh, when the referee blows for halftime? Or in the pub, when the landlord calls, time please? Time? Why would the landlord call for time at the pub? Time? I'm guessing that's last call. I'm going to go with last call. Me too. Hoyanoot time. Submit. Uh, correct. All right. All right. Good. good. This, is, this keeps on going. Who or what is a bumbler? A uh-huh. pair of short trousers worn by Geordie school children. <laughs> <laughs> An unfortunate situation as in a bummer. A Geordie bumblebee. Oh my gosh, this one's tough. A I'm bummer. A, it's gotta I'm gonna be go the with the trousers. Pants. Yeah, it's gotta go with the pants. Okay. Submit and uh, wrong. A bummer is a bumblebee. <laughs> a bummer is a bumblebee. God damn it, this Australian. <laughs> That's straight up Australia. Did I bet you Australia was 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 founded by these by these oh, Jordy yeah, people? Tons of Jordy convicts. Yeah. Uh, what would you? What would be your predicament if you've been belanded? You would be in a hospital with a swollen belly. You would have been poisoned by lead fumes down a mine. What? <laughs> you would have been stung badly by nettles. <laughs> if you're belanded. I'm going to go with the mine one, the poison mine. Okay. Uh, correct. All right. Good. All right. Um, who or what is a pit yacker or a yacker? We've already oh, we done this. Um, it's a pitman. Yeah, it's a, it's a pitman. Uh, bumble kites. Bumble kites. <laughs> bumble kites and hinberries are types of what? Rare wildflowers found on Holly Island? Types of buried fruit or birds native to, native to Northumberland. I feel like I'm reading Game of Thrones right now. I was gonna go with bugs. I mean, we are the bumblers. So you tell me the bumble. What is it? The uh, bumble? bumble kites. So and bumble kites berries. don't bumble. That, that's for the bees. Uh, I'm gonna go with flowers. Okay, rare flowers. Submit here and uh, wrong. They're buried fruits. God damn it. So, well, you're uh, going to tell me that pl- that plants, that there's no flowers on those buried fruits. Who or what is a scranchum? Mm. The crackling on roast pork? Right. The pit head of a traditional coal mine. We already know or- that one. <laughs> a term used to describe the famous cranes at Tyneside <laughs> Shipyards. It's a little too, uh, too uh, like, spot on there. That's really descriptive. I'm going to go with the cranes. The cranes. Wrong. Damn. Scranchum is the crackling on what? roast pork, which scranchies or crackles when eaten. Dude, these guys totally settled Australia. <laughs> it scranches. It does. It does. 
What right. would you have if your mate said to you, you've gotten the scunners? Oh, no. You've got a dodgy stomach brought on by drinking too much brune ale down the boozer. <laughs> you've, you've depressed following a crushing de- defeat of your football team by Arsenal. That's pretty modern. Uh-huh. You've taken the huff, so I'm going to ignore you until you cheer up. See? <laughs> See? Yeah. You've gotten the scunners means, ah, correct! (laughs) That's the only one that your mate would tell you. You've taken the huff? Yeah. Like, your your mate would not tell you, oh, you've you've got the scunners, which, what was the first one? I don't remember. Yeah, whatever. It can also mean to show signs of pain or take an aversion to someone. Oh. Well, technically that would be B as well, like, depending on how hard you took the loss to Arsenal. Yeah, there's only two left. All right. If you if you spang hewed something, what yeah. would you be doing? Spang hewed. Spang hewed, throwing something violently, punching a discordious chap, <laughs> or deboning a chicken or turkey. Turkey. A spang hewed. That sounds like throwing something. You would have thrown something violently. Oh wow. A bit like hoy or throw. Spang hewed. Right, one more. Yeah. Uh, what would you be doing on a shuggy boat in Jara? Mm. You'd be ferrying coals on the Tyne to Newcastle in winter. You'd be working on the South Shields lifeboat. Or you'd uh, be on a swing at a fairground in Jaro. I like shuggy the, boat. I, I wish it was the swing, but I know it's B. You'd be working on the South Shields lifeboat. Wrong. You'd be yeah. on a swing at a fairground. Dang it. Called shuggy boats. As they often had seats across rather like a boat. Shuggy boats. So we got four out of ten on the Jordy dialect. All right. Guess we got to go to Jordy and figure this shit out. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure our good friend Jordy would get ten out of ten. <laughs> well, congratulations, Jordy, on your ancient godhead. Your language is weird. <laughs> So, Arrogance, thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, we Hopefully we expanded your vocabulary by at least one word. <laughs> Shuggy boat. Shuggy boat, baby. Um, I I hope that it was, uh, what is that, Spa- Zags? What is that? Zags wings? Zags wings. Zugs wings. It's actually Zugs wings. Zugs wings. I got a Zugs wings because I want to go on the scuzzy boat, but my uh, Mara is indisposed. There you go. Uh, anyway, uh, Bald Move Network, guys. Uh, it's the summertime, which means it's time to just kick back, relax, listen to some great casting. You can listen to us. You can listen to The Because Show, uh, which is us, but they are much more refined, feminine, and intelligent than we are. And you could check out Up Yours Downstairs, which is super intelligent because you're talking about PBS masterpiece shows. Uh, they're going to be they're gonna be talking about this one. And guess what, guys? Breaking Bad's coming up. Oh, it's coming shoot. up the final season. It's the final bad. countdown. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. We also got the Bald Move Fantasy Football League will be starting up here in early August. So please keep an eye on that as well. Go to baldmove.com. And if you want to get in touch with us here at The Arrogance, send us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. You can uh, find us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can rate and review us on iTunes, which really helps us out a ton. 
Um, and then you can also uh, find us on Facebook. We have the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. We have the Bald Move Facebook page. We're on both of them. But if you want to do something that really helps us out a lot, tell a friend. Listen to the listen to this podcast with them. Put one earbud in your ear, one earbud in their ear. If there's a significant <laughs> other that you are attracted to or a potential significant other, this might be a great way to meet each other. Mm, and yeah, if, it's a great way to connect with your yara. Except I just screwed that up for you. So if you're listening to this part right now and you have an earbud in each ear and you like the person that you gave the earbud to, I'm kiss, sorry for kiss, making this awkward, kiss. but seriously, you guys should kiss right now. Yeah, do it. And when you get married, we are available to officiate. Oh, yeah. for that, That'll be one of our Kickstarter right. uh, packages. Yeah, we'll officiate your wedding as a, as a, as a duo. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, with that, guys, you know how to get in touch with us. Jesse, let's do some recos and call it a cast. What do you say? I say I. What's your first reco? Oh, um, it's actually a, a wedding gift that I got. Uh-huh. Uh, small World Underground, the board game. Oh. So you're a Small World fan. I am. I got the under Underworld. That's what it is. Yeah, or so basically, maybe it is underground. Well, Underworld is so it's a standalone game, and then it's also an expansion, or is it just straight up a standalone? This one's straight up standalone. Yeah, and I like it. I, I feel like it's a little more balanced than the original Small World, uh-huh. and it's got some uh, interesting uh, mechanics, like popular places and relics that you can fight over. Yeah, and um, that said, I kind of like the aesthetic of the original Small World more because it's all, like, light and fluffy, you know? Right. And But it's, you know, like, monsters killing each other and humans fighting gnolls and stuff like that. But uh, this one's similar. It's got – I think the game mechanics are better. Oh, I like and, a good gnoll. I feel like gnolls yeah. are cool. Um, and uh, people are always asking us, uh, what are some good two-player games? And Tasha and I have played a few of these, and they've always been really close and really heated. And I think that Small World Under- Underground is a great two-player game. It scales up cool. easily to three or four players. And um, when it does scale up, the turns are reduced, so it doesn't end up taking you twice as long because you introduced twice as many players. All right. Well, my first recommendation, and it's something that we skipped... Because we're dummies, but I got four minutes before I got to go pick up my wife. So we're going to run through this fast. It's the Facebook Roundup. Each week we post on Facebook. We ask you what you want us to talk about, and so we are now going to answer you in five words or less uh, in in uh, in respect for Jordy and his traditions. Here we go. Andy Burke says, "How stoked are you guys for Honey Boo Boo season premiere tonight?" Not stoked at all. I'm going to say stoked for internet memes. Uh, D Channel says Sharknado. I say Alfredo. I say yes. Uh, Sam Golmati says, Hi hey guys, are you currently watching Dexter? It's last season and it's looking really good at the moment. I've also been uh, seeing several of the previous seasons on Netflix. Yeah, Sam, I watched the first two seasons of Dexter. I loved the first season. Didn't uh, love the second season that much. And then I kind of fell away from it, but... I don't know. I think it's the type of show I'll, I'll catch up on on Netflix. But uh, if you're caught up on it, I, I can't imagine the excitement of that last season because he's going to get caught, right? Okay, that's more than five words. Um, he also yep, says, by the way, on. I'm really like liking the designs for the Breaking Bad t-shirts. You should definitely be selling those on Spreadshirt. Uh, we might have some t-shirts available soon. I'm very excited about this. I've been designing t-shirts left and right. So we'll get some PA t-shirts out there. Josh Perigo says, Oh, Sam. 
Not to drag out the peeing contest talk, but what does the winner get? How about antibiotics for the bladder infection you get from holding it that long? How about you not hand over the keys to the cast anymore because I really don't feel like hearing Jim and Aaron lay out the plans for a contest in which one weighs his or her bowel movements to decide the winner. Glad to have you back. I say personal arrogance here to stay. Those are my five words. Yeah, uh, this is what happens when you give prisoners of war the chance to run your your empire for a brief fleeting moment yeah, so the, it won't happen again inmates are running the asylums rob zip says are you reading any good comic books lately i just picked up the first two trade paperbacks of saga and whoa uh i'm not reading any current comic books but i do want to read the justice league america rock of ages uh grant morrison line because uh, it sounds awesome and i'm kind of want to get into justice league because justice league movie hopefully happening soon i don't have a comic book shop in my town that's a maybe that's an opportunity. Uh, Levi Rican says. Uh, well, the, the old one shut down. So Levi Rican says, when tampons are outlawed, only outlaws have tampons. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I feel like this is blown out of proportion. I don't think it's blown out of proportion at all. Yeah, that is a medical device. I don't want to uh, stop women from being having access to sanitary uh, things. That's ridiculous. So basically, Texas was. Uh, re-debating uh, this abortion, the set of abortion bills in the House, and they wouldn't let women bring their tampons in because they thought they would throw them at them in protest. It's like, dude, yeah. that is Actually, a medical you're, device. You're right. That is pretty obscene. It's obscene. Uh, uh, and then uh, finally, Sean Keefe says, who would, ra- who would you rather arm whistle, slice the loan or a sperm whale? I think we all know. You don't fuck with sperm whales. So st- slice the loan. Defenders of the deep. Uh, and I feel like at, at this age, he's probably, you, yeah, I, I might be able to take him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, what's your seco reco? Oh, um, enjoy summer while it lasts, man. Yep. It, it's not going to be here to say, uh, here in the northern states about right. as northern as you can get without, you know, hitting Canada. Yep. We we have a we have a brief few weeks, so make the most out of it. That's right. And then my second reco is go to Pacific Rim. Even if you've seen it, see it again. We got to support these movies because they're fucking great, and we need more of them. So go see Pacific Rim, guys. Uh, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for being a part of it, listeners, guys. I, I just can't thank you enough. I love getting the call-ins. I love getting the emails. I love getting the Facebook. And uh, just keep that stuff coming because this show only gets better when you're a part of it. And until next time, we'd like to remind you that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay arrogant. Arrogant.